This is Wanderings. Welcome to Wanderings. I'm Syl Stemmen. Sandy Washington is sitting right there right beside Ron Grout and his wife, Angie Grout. So nice to have you both with us today. You are from the cottages. Yes. So you had a long trip to come this way, didn't you? <laughs> yes, a long, hot trip. <laughs> you, well, sh- you started here in the North Building, though, for a few months That's right. before you Five moved months. over there. That's yeah. right. 2019. Were you waiting for a cottage at that time? Yes. Okay. And I'm so glad to see your picture up there. There you are, the round... Ron and Angie up on their their own porch by the cottage, and you can't quite see it on there, but there is a beautiful garden underneath there, and we're going to talk about that before we say um, this is the end. We're going to talk about your garden because it's well worth talking about, but Angie, you were from um, here from third generation Coloradan. Correct. And something happened to your home when you were 10 years old. Do you want to share that with us? Well, sure. Um, I was born in Denver, and uh, I moved to Littleton with my family uh, when I was about six years old. And when I was 10 years old, um, our uh, the situation was that I was at school, and I saw smoke rising in the distance when I was on the playground. And I thought to myself, gee, I hope that isn't my house. And so, um, as it turns out, it was my house. And how I found out was that the uh, other, there was a teacher, Mr. Moore, who was teaching at the time, who lived in in a basement apartment with his family. And uh, everyone was saying, Mr. Moore's house burned down. So that's how I found out. And um, it was very devastating and the house burned to the ground and it, it was a March windy day. It went down in 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, my parents were able to get out. No one was injured, but everything was destroyed. It went very quickly. The fire department uh, was not able to get there in time. There were no fire hydrants because it was in a rural area, so they had to go down to the creek to get water, and they got stuck on the way up. Mm-hmm. So basically our house was caught. And first of all, they got held back by a railroad uh, train that was going through. Oh, that my goodness. The firehouse was in downtown Littleton, and they had to make it out to Bellevue and uh, Broadway. Past the railroad A tracks. series of tragedies. Yes. But, the, really but, but really, the main thing was no one was injured, and we rebuilt and moved on. That's how life is. Well, I'm sure you can relate to all the people that have just lost their homes. Oh, it's just so heartbreaking. That brings back a memory for you. It really does. I mean, you can even smell it in your memory, the smell of of the Must have been very traumatic. Very young child. It was very traumatic. All your things, all your toys, all your clothes. That's that's exactly right. Everything you loved. That's right. I had to start um, wearing clothes for my friends who were so kind to donate some of their clothes. Sure. Uh, so I was, I was really fortunate to, to have some good community support, my family was, and so um, we got through it, but it was traumatic. Sure. Well, and Ron, when she was 10 years old, where were you? Hmm, that would have made me, what, 11? <laughs> 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 I'm 10 months older. And uh, sometime for two months, we're the same age. And then I get older again. <laughs> 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 um, 
I was in Kansas at the time with my family growing up in my hometown, uh, my grow-up town in McPherson, Kansas, central Kansas. Well, Angie, how did he ever find you? <laughs> oh, it was quite a, a, a set of circumstances, really, that, that brought us together. Um, I had moved to California by that time with my family. When I was in high school, I graduated from Costa Mesa High School, and I wanted to attend a family college in McPherson, McPherson College. Um, it was a Church of the Brethren school, and it was a family tradition of ours, and my aunts and uncles and cousins had attended there. So I packed up and moved to McPherson College as a freshman in college, and the rest is history. Well, Ron, why don't you tell us how you found her? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's uh, interesting to some people. <laughs> I, I found it very interesting. <laughs> I was a sophomore in college at that time, and um, when Angie was a freshman, and four of my friends and I crashed the freshman get acquainted party oh. in the in the gymnasium, and the the uh, icebreaker for. Uh, people meeting each other was for all the girls to take one shoe, put it out in the middle of the floor, and form a circle for all the guys, and then to uh, go get a shoe and then find the girl that fit it. It was kind of like a Cinderella story. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and uh, after there were a lot of activities going on, but at the end of the evening, uh, I asked her uh, if she would like me to walk her home and uh, back to the dorm. And uh, before we did that, we uh, took a ride out to the local A&W root beer stand for our first date. That's a great first date. <laughs> <laughs> so you looked for her shoe? I did. You found her shoe? I found the shoe, and then I looked for the shoe to find the girl, and I that located that, that shoe on that girl first. And that's <laughs> the shoe it I went fit. looking for. It was a Cinderella story. I found story. the right one. Well, Angie... Um, you said that you graduated in the same class yeah. at the same time as Ron, so, but you were a year behind, and how this did you do true. that? How did you manage that? Well, we dated for three years, and, and you know, we, we developed a very special relationship, and I knew that I wanted to um, get married, and so I decided that I would go through uh, college in three years instead of four. And I was able to do that because in California, where I was living, um, they have some excellent junior colleges. And I also attended Long Beach State. So I was able to pick up a lot of my um, education classes in California. So I went to school year round. And so I was able to graduate one year early. Oh, that's quite amazing. You saved a lot of money, too. I really did. <laughs> yes, did. yes, indeed. And now you've been married 53 years. 50, we have. 53? 58. 58. 58. 58. Yes. Wow. yes. That's, that's great. Fantastic. Yes. And you knew you always wanted to be a teacher. I did. I grew up wanting to be a teacher. I remember even in third grade, I'd go come home and play, you know, line my little dolls up and pretend that I was a teacher. So, yes, I always wanted to be a teacher and loved it as a kindergarten and first grade teacher. And Ron, you're in dentistry. So did you know, did, was that a lifelong passion of yours? Well, since about the seventh or eighth grade anyway. Really? I kind of knew early in, that I wanted to be a professional. And um, I, I kind of worked on s uh, school studies very carefully and made sure those were kept up. And I was very busy, though, too. I didn't really have a lot of time for 
the social activities, but um, with intermingling with uh, women especially. (laughs) (laughs) You had a very good one when you finally met Angie that was going to stick with you through anything. (laughs) She was top of the pick, and I was lucky uh, for the crop of that year because I wasn't totally satisfied with... uh, with the crop that uh, was in my my class. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were looking around, weren't you? I was. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, Angie, what was your first uh, job uh, um, teaching? And yes, tell us I'm, about I was that. so lucky. I was able to um, find a job, mm. a team teaching situation in a kindergarten classroom um, in a very good school district, West Review School District in Mission, Kansas. So that's where I started, and I went on to first grade at Corinth School District in Prairie Village. So I had a, a wonderful opportunity and made many friends, and it was a really good experience there, and I loved the kids, and it was just absolutely perfect. And I know along the way we'll talk about some of the other things that this served you well with your relationship with children okay. in many, well, I, many... Th- I think teaching is the greatest profession there is. <laughs> well, yeah. it's, I, it's a very honorable profession. I'm it certainly is. Pleased yeah. to be with, with mm-hmm. among those who performed that service to others. Mm-hmm. And Ron, tell us about your training. Uh, you had some time in the Air Force. How did this all mesh together? Well, I had a couple of very good mentors into dentistry in my hometown. One of them was my personal dentist, and uh, um, I didn't get a good start with dentistry. I went to the wrong dentist, oh. and I uh, ran out because I thought uh, that he was going to hurt me. So uh, my mother said, then you can find your own dentist. Well, you can so. relate then to many people who fear coming to the dentist. That's right. That's right. You've been through that. So I, I uh, was kind of leaning toward dentistry most of my high school career, and um, they did uh, interest uh, tests. They did interest tests for uh, people's aptitude, mm-hmm. and dentistry was number two on that, but uh, mortician was number one. Oh, <laughs> aren't I, you glad you made the choice yes, you did? Yes, I quickly rejected and moved on. <laughs> Uh, it, it was four years of uh, dental school for graduate school, and I went to the University of Missouri in Kansas City, mm-hmm. Missouri, and commuted uh, across the state line every day. Oh. I was a Kansas resident, and at that time, Kansas was subsidizing graduate school. So we mm-hmm. remain, retained residency in Kansas, and that helped out financially quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Angie worked those four years all the way through my grad school. Oh, mm-hmm. Angie, it had many, many reasons for you to teach. But the Air Force, what what was your involvement there? That was during Vietnam? Uh, it was during Vietnam, and it was one of the smarter moves I made in uh, dental school and for the future. Um, I um, um, did early commissioning in the Air Force in the third year because the Vietnam War was still raging in 1968, it was. And uh, in 69, I graduated, but I um, did early commissioning in the Air Force, and so I was obligated to the Air Force for my duty after dental school. Uh, I tried to get the Air Force to pay for my dental education, 
Yeah, but they said, no, we'll take you and draft you after you graduate. <laughs> That's not your plan. <laughs> they weren't quite generous in those days. <laughs> when, when you were captain, you, you were called into the office on a Friday afternoon? Or I something. was. Tell us, I, I, were you a little nervous? A little. Uh, more than a little, because Friday afternoon is when the our commanding officer, Colonel Byerly, would deal with disciplinary issues on Friday afternoons before the weekend. Uh, and uh, he came to me and asked me to come in on Friday afternoon. He wanted to talk to me. So I was a little, more than a little nervous. Um, the, quest, the question that he asked was, Captain Grout, would you consider going to San Antonio and studying for three months, plus or minus, and uh, become accustomed with a lot of oral surgery procedures? And I said I would need to talk with my wife about that. <coughs> he turned his phone around and said, there it is. <laughs> he wanted to know then. Really? Yeah. And after we discussed it just a little bit by phone, I said yes. And Colonel Byerly said, uh, good, because you're due in San Antonio on Monday morning. Well, he had your class. life planned for you. <laughs> yeah. So we did a, a three-month what they call temporary duty assignment, a TDY. And then went back to my base, and our uh, the thing that really sparked the whole thing was that Major Walensky, the oral surgeon prosthodontist, uh, was he and his um, lieutenant wife Jerry were shipped out to Vietnam, and we didn't have an oral surgeon because the mission of our base was to treat mainly students in um, intelligence training at San Angelo at Goodfellow Air Force Base. So. That was a, a good experience. I learned a lot of things that dental school did not teach me, especially mm -hmm. about hospital type of dentistry. And I did uh, surgery two and a half days a week, and I got to pick the, my general dental course the other two and a half days. It worked out quite well. A varied That's career nice. with, in dentistry. A lot of different phases to that. Yeah. Yeah, there are, there are seven specialties in dentistry, and I've touched on two or three of them. <laughs> mm. uh, oral surgery I got a touch of, and mm. orthodontics. I worked for a uh, faculty member at uh, UMKC who was the father of one of Angie's uh, students um, mm. and over in Corinth School District, I think it was. Mm. <coughs> and so I... I went to work, and uh, Wendell Art came, came to me on the on the floor, and asked me if I would consider working for him and building retainers for finishing his ortho cases, which I did for a couple of years, and I built all I did all the wire uh, bending and and running all the resins and that sort of thing for the Holly arch bows they call them, uh, to retain the front teeth after the braces came off. And then it it scripts. You were studying. Um, you were doing implants. It was an it was an expansion of my general dental practice, and this was from uh, '88 to '91 that I took a hiatus from private practice and went to work at the Scripps Center for Dental Care in La Jolla, and I was uh, studying for implantology, of uh, for in the in the practice. It was in the infancy phase in That's those days. That's what I was going to ask. It was the beginning of yes. implants. All of the, the, the hotbed of, of good um, <coughs> implantology in the U.S. was uh, being developed up in Carlsbad, which is north San Diego County. 
but they they were using the green hospital and uh, the dental clinic at, at Scripps to do a lot of their prototyping. So we went through a lot of things like carbon vitreous uh, implants and sapphire and all sorts of vitalium, uh, um, stainless steel, if you will. And, uh, and then we uh, wound up doing um, those types of things of implants in the jawbone. And they're still using those basic products that we kind of reviewed mm-hmm. and did research and write-ups on at that time. All these has that really changed a lot in current years? It has. And the reliability of implants has changed from about 60% success to about 99% really? success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you eventually established your own practice. Mm-hmm. Where was that? Tell us about that. It was uh, the first pr- practice location was in West Littleton, across the river in the Columbine area at uh, Columbine and Pierce. And I was the first dentist in a fast-growing area called Columbine Hills and Columbine Knolls. And um, it panned out to be a good choice because everything was growing uh, because of Martin Marietta mainly in the area. A lot of families and and good families, and they had good dental insurance and all those things, that too. Helps. That helps. Yeah. That was in 1971, after the Air Force. After the Air Force. Yeah, okay. And I heard you say the first of something. Angie, you had the first of something, too, in your teaching, the first of Head Start. Oh, yes. Um, I was really fortunate to receive training in the first Head Start program, and that was back in 1967, and I went to University of Missouri-Columbia for that training, just about a three- or four-week course, and uh, because I was a licensed teacher. So I was able to go back, take that training to an inner-city school in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. I was the only um, white teacher there, and it was just a, a tremendous experience. I have such warm, wonderful, unforgettable memories of such a wonderful program. Mm-hmm. Oh, start. it is! It is such a wonderful program. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It still is. Yeah. Yes. And somewhere along the line, you you made your own preschool. Well, that's correct. Um, that was our fourth year in dental school, and um, I decided that, um, it, well, I be, had become pregnant, and I wanted to be able to stay home with our, our newborn baby. And so I thought, well, gee, maybe I could start a preschool in our own area where I lived. We lived next to a church, and maybe I could start a little preschool. And so I did a lot of research, and I got very busy, and I was able to get that program started. And I was so fortunate as to be able to find wonderful teachers in the area because many dental and medical students lived in that area, in this urban renewal area that we were in. And um, so I was able to get this preschool started. I started it, and I had a wonderful group of parents and children. And so then when our son was born, I was able to be the manager, the director of the school, and have couple of teachers and mm. so it just really worked well and I was in the end I was able to make more money than I did teaching. <laughs> oh when this how, how many teachers own. did you have helping I you? I had two. Two. Yes. And, and Ron you did something with your dad to help her out. With with her dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, with her dad. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, we built some uh, furniture, uh, a kitchen set, stove, refrigerator and oven oh. 
that were all mocked up in wood and painted, finished and painted. Perfect. <coughs> but her pride and joy was called a bean teaching table. It's yeah. kind of the shape of a crescent. And the teacher goes on the inside, and the children sit around the outside. It was an excellent teaching tool for yeah. her. Oh, and that's still used nowadays. I've yes. seen that in different <laughs> yes, schools. That's right, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yes, yes. Well, Ron, you mentioned something about a farm, but you did not live on a farm, but you did some tractor. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was a city kid. Trying to figure out where kid. that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was a city kid in a town of uh, only about 15,000. It was the county seat in Kansas. Yeah, but um, there was a friend of my grandfather who was a longtime rancher um, and farmer in McPherson County, and I went to work for the Riddells out west of town about 12 miles. Okay. I drove that every morning and uh, in the summertime and uh, became pretty proficient. I worked there seven years, mm. and I used to bring my buddies out for bailing season, my buddies that were getting in shape for football, we were in pretty good shape by, <laughs> I bet. by the end of August. I um, bet. And um, that was a good thing. I earned enough money to, to uh, go to college and come out of that debt-free and also to buy a, a car, um, our, my beloved 57 Chevy two-door Bel Air hardtop. <laughs> <laughs> well, Angie, <clears throat> I know there were a lot of teaching things, but you did some extra things with Red Cross and can you just list for us what you've seen so much in helping children in troubled times? Well, that's true. I I decided um, after our children were in school and doing well to go back to graduate school and I decided to go to into social work. So I attended the University of Denver Graduate School of Social Work program for two years, graduated, uh, did a lot of field work training, etc. And I became licensed as a school social worker, a medical uh, social worker, and also provided other human service programs. And so as things transpired, as things transpired, I was able to um, um, be um, involved in the Red Cross program as a volunteer. And I um, worked... Um, in several assignments that were very meaningful to me, I was at 9-11 at the time when, when our country was very much um, in chaos, and that was, I, I worked in the child care center there, and uh, then I received special training through the Red Cross in disaster child care, and also in the care team, they called it at the time, it was Critical Air Incident Response Team, which was a team that goes out uh, after plane crashes. Oh and I don't think we've had a plane crash in many, many years, but uh, thank the good Lord. But I was at the Asiana crash in San Francisco, and so I did work in the child care center at that time. There have to be strong people that can deal with crisis situations like this, especially with children who don't oh. understand it. Well, that's true. You have to have a special sense, I think, of, of compassion and, and uh, knowing how to deal with it yourself. I so went you've worked with myself. children and teaching them and then comforting them. and Yes, and also supporting their families and, and the helping families. Their, their mothers and dads work. and sisters mm. and brothers. And now we're going to change the subject a little bit to music. 
because we're on. We have so little time left, but I know the two of you have been involved, well, in music, listening, and playing, and singing. Tell us what's going on in your life with that. Well, both of us are on the concert committee here at Holly Creek, too. We thank you. And we do have a meeting this afternoon to plan, uh, begin planning a lot of the course for 24. Mm. Um, so Peggy Neville is the leader, and and others are, are on there that we have as, as very good friends. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is that... I've been in choirs uh, most of my life. You said uh, you were a cherub. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was a cherub in the cherub choir in our church. And so, what age? I, well, I think that was about Eight. five or six. Five or six. Yeah. <laughs> a long career. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So I've been singing ever since. Um, the, the joke in our family was that I was born singing. <laughs> instead of crying so well oh, that's yeah. so nice maybe that made mother happier that way <laughs> lucky parents a little easier yes um and i've been in choirs ever since i was in very instrumental in acapella choir and and doing um, both instrumental and vocal music in high school i was in a select group of 18 called the um mixed ensemble and we did a lot of performing like to in musicals. And yes. Oh. And there were exciting. musicals. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in seven different musicals. Oh, goodness. Oh, fun. And it was, it was a lot of fun uh, doing that sort of thing, yeah. too. Um, and I, uh, I think that studies were important, sports were important, but I think the most important thing was uh, growing up to be a good person and, and trying to do my very best Thank to stay that done. way. You both. Uh, Traveling is also a big phase of your life, and much of, much of it was done through the churches, yes. or the church you attended, and other things. We've got to hear about your travels. <laughs> well, uh, we've done a lot of traveling through St. Andrew Methodist Church. We took, we figured out, we took seven tours with various uh, groups in the church. I started in 2009, um, and we, we traveled to Israel and had a wonderful tour there. And our daughter and son-in-law have just um, completed another tour to Israel with the same program. Um, so that was great. And then one of the very favorite tours that I took was the um, it was the tour to Little Rock and the South. It was called A Journey Through the Civil Rights South. That was also in 09. And we visited Little Rock, and we had a wonderful visit with the Little Rock Nine, the, the students that decentralized Central High School in Little Rock. And it was a seven-day trip where we went to Birmingham, and we studied about the little girls that were in the bombing in 1963 in the church there in Birmingham. And we visited Rosa Parks um, Museum in Montgomery, and we did a lot of study with Martin Luther King. We went across the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and we went to Selma, and uh, birthplace and final resting place of Dr. King. We actually saw the home where Dr. King and his family uh, lived when he was a minister. It was an absolutely wonderful experience. Oh, it um, must have been. And it was led by a retired professor of English at the University of Denver. So she had done so much research. And so she she was just phenomenal. 
I don't know if I have time to tell you the story about mm. the Greenwood, Mississippi. Probably not. Really quick. Oh well, but well, I just we we went on other tours. I'll let Ron say <laughs> more oh, about our we tours. We have to listen more. <laughs> People that are listening, please ask Angie about this. <laughs> yeah. Round about the rest. Go Greenwood, ahead, Ron. Greenwood, Mississippi. Yes, we've we've done all these tours together. We've been, we went to England and Scotland on the the inaugural um, British Airways. Uh, and we got a, a round trip fare for ninety nine dollars, and oh, that was wow. in nineteen ninety nine. So we couldn't <laughs> turn that one down. No. Um, we've been to France on a couple of tours with the church, and uh, did one that was um, a cathedral tour mm-hmm. that was very important. And uh, one of our uh, teachers that uh, was the leader of the class in France. Okay. <laughs> And uh, and we've uh, went uh, to the cathedral, and we also did the whole thing um, in in Italy uh, for those uh, for a choir tour also. And we went all the way from Venice to to Rome, in various stops, and then we extended our trip and went down the Amalfi Coast by a private driver. Oh, how fun! Uh, and then came back to Rome and flew back to, to and, Colorado. And you sang in, Col- in Carnegie Hall, too, did you not? Mm-hmm. With uh, choirs? That was a church choir uh, that we went to the uh, the premiere of Mark um, Hayes' uh, American Spirit, and our, a lot of the members of the choir were there, members of about seven different choirs, and we rehearsed extensively for two days after practicing at home. And um, we were uh, performing at uh, Avery Fisher uh, Music Center in Lincoln Center. And it was kind of a special time. And one more thing, and I I promised that we would get to your gardening, but go across the street, people, and look at the 6563. Yes. (laughs) You might have a tour in front of your home just to see your beautiful gardens. Kind of your gardening inspired by your mother, who was a master gardener, and you took it up. and. Mm -hmm. And that was in Kansas. I kind of followed in her footsteps, I guess. And we, uh, the home that we were in in Highlands Ranch before here had actually rock gardens and elevated planters and all. It was a show place. Yes. Well, you've you've done some magic here at the cottages. There's some music. I'm sorry we have to say so long for this time. It's just been wonderful to talk with you and all your friends. Thank you so much for being with us. And yes, for the opportunity. Well, it's just, uh,